It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's been a long time since we've done a Stop Hammer Time. We uh, we didn't play, we didn't do one last week because of the uh, international break, and we didn't do one the week before because we couldn't be fucked. So uh, that's that's uh, that's brought us up to date. Uh, but it is the first uh, Stop Hammer Time we're doing in a post-Trump era because of our two weeks off post-Trump era. Joining me to discuss football in a post-Trump society are first of all a great friend of the podcast, uh, radio producer, um, longtime West Ham fan, and recently a member of Wahooisa. Uh, uh, West Ham United Independence Supporters Association. Right, right. Oh, West Ham. Uh, not Islamic State. No, uh, no. Ah, <clears throat> oh, no. right. I, the membership was too high. For right. Me. I prepared. I prepared myself for uh, <laughs> for a terrorist view of how this season's going. Well, you're going to have to fill another couple of minutes well, now because of, I'm French. Well, I've got a lot of questions about a terrorist <laughs> approach to football. What? Oh, this is just ridiculous. I'm going to have to tear these. Like, <laughs> Now to tear these notes up and uh, throw them away. Um, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Phil. Uh, earlier today, I had imagined that you'd been on it a number of times, but you haven't. No, despite the fact no, that it feels I'm, like uh, it. I'm, I'm a long-time listener, yes, first-time right. caller. Well, that's as they say. What a perfect arrangement. <laughs> also uh, joining us, and also a, a member of uh, ISIS, is um, is um, uh, West Ham United Independent Supporters Association. Uh, Joe Fordham. Did you two meet during that? No. Uh, well, actually, we met through your book, Joe, so do you oh, want to explain? Sorry. We did, yes. Yeah, well, now, I am looking at a copy, uh, which I'm going to ask uh, Joe to explain himself in a minute and what he's done. And, uh, I've never seen a book before I'm, in my life. I'm looking, I'm looking at, uh, at a book. Obviously, leaving the old place last season, produced a, produced a small, not a slew of books, but some books. Uh, Brian Williams' excellent book, um, uh, Nearly Reached the Sky. Basically, all books have used some element of the lyric of the song, I'm Forever yeah, Blowing yeah. Bubbles. Uh, at some <laughs> like a lot of events. Point- yeah. Have done, they? Yes, That's right. yeah. That song has been cannibalised more than yes. the Argentinian rugby team we're, in, we're in the sing, film Alive. We only sing the chorus, don't we? There yes. are loads of verses there they are, haven't got hold of yet. Thousands of, of yeah, verses sorry. about bubbles and yes. 
some form of bubble blowing. It's it's like uh, the American national anthem has several several verses. Also, our own national anthem has a, quite a lot of racist verses, doesn't it? Uh, yes, that's it, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we probably haven't got time to sing those now. I don't think. But uh, this yeah. neighbourhood has changed. All these what was that post-Trump world here. <laughs> God save the Queen from foreigners. And yeah, um, but Joe. This book that I'm, I've got in front of me, this handsome, handsomely bound, uh, graphically very satisfyingly covered book, No Place Like Home, which isn't a line from... Uh, which isn't a line from uh, well, because they'd all run out. They'd Those lines out. are gone. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, he's using... I couldn't get copyright yeah. on any line from that song. No, so. no, no. It's all, it's all wrapped up in copyright yeah. by the Cairns family. <laughs> um, right. What it is, though, is um, it's a book. Uh, and and as we say, a lot of the books uh, are reflecting on our 104 years, 112 years in uh, in the old place. Are sort of memories of uh, there's Brian Williams' book. Um, Pete May's got a book out, um, the name of which I've forgotten. But when which we get very, very good as well. But yeah. when we get Pete on, which we will very soon, we will discuss his book. This is a kind of photo journal. It is it is uh, it is as much. A book of the printed word is a book of the printed photograph because, Joe Fordham, you are a photographer. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the genesis of the, this book? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a photographer. A little closer say. to the mic, Joe. I'm a photographer, as you say. Yeah, I'm a photographer. Uh, but the, the idea of the book is not so much rooted in the photography itself. It's more about giving the fans, um, the fans a voice in what, in what made the ground a special place to them, you know? So it's um, there's 112 portraits in there, which is relevant to many. Year. Yeah, one per year, exactly, yeah. Um, and each fan has their personal account from their time up to park, from their first game, uh, their first experience of the ground, their most memorable games, um, what they'll miss about it, what was special about it to them, basically. There's Lager. You've seen him. Let's go. Oh, oh, yeah. We've had him on the <laughs> Mr. podcast. Mr. Copeland. There's have you Lager. really? Yeah, have oh, yeah really? we've had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. I'm just awesome. flipping through the book now, so I'm seeing, uh, and I've seen a, a face I know very well. Lager. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. In his suit. Bloody hell, there he is. He's... <laughs> Very fascinating. <laughs> I think that was taken before the Swansea game, I don't which for many was unfortunately their last game at yes. Upton Park. Yeah, yes. one of the low points of the season. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, what a horrible. Oh, Wardy. Wardy's been. So yeah. I've seen two people we've had on the podcast already. Uh, Mark Ward. What a yeah. brilliant bloke Mark Ward is. Fantastic bloke. And what a player he was. So it's, uh, yeah. Ken Dyer's there. So, so it's a mixture of uh, uh, real people. Real people, muggles, and uh, <laughs> and uh, people from the media, but also ex-players. I spotted, so I flipped right, past yeah. uh, Stuart Slater as well as uh, um, um, whoever I just said, <laughs> Mark Ward. Yeah, there's, um, you've got there's some fans good. in there. Yeah. You've yeah. got yeah. some ex-players in there. Yeah. You know, Steve the big Potts. hitters. And then you've oh. got some some uh, you know journeymen like Jeff Hurst are in are in there. Oh, Gary Fuller Majors yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Ah. But you also got David Gold in there as well. David Gold. Yes, David Gold opens the book. Much to many fans, chagrin maybe I don't know, but it's uh, it is a book of very very lovely evocative pictures of uh, of West Ham fans and a piece of writing for each of them, 112 times over, produced in a very nicely bound glossy book, which I like, and I'm going to buy one. But I expect you'd be wondering where you can buy it. Where can you buy it? Uh, Joe, why don't you furnish us with that information? Good question. (laughs) 
Um, you can buy it from www. Gary Furmajor. Buy it from him. buy it from Gary on his ladder outside the West End. He's still there. He's still there, Gary. He's still there. He hasn't accepted it. He hasn't accepted the move. He's still on Green Street. On the ladder. He's quoting Jordan. I think it's Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Yeah. So uk. No place like home, run together 112 for the 112 years we were in the bowling ground, .co.uk. Correct, yeah. As of December, it will be, it will be available from the club shop. Ah, from the club shop as well. Yeah. Uh, it is the ideal Christmas, Christmas present. Uh, the, the classic, the classic uh, photography book, coffee table book, the famous Diane Arbus book that everyone had in the 60s and 70s. Uh, recently, there was that woman that there was the documentary about, the, um, the sort of nanny that was a photographess. What's her name? Um, whose books were unearthed in a big sort of lockup in New Jersey or something oh, like that. Was it the German? Oh, the what's German her name? Lady. Vivian? No, yes. Gem- well, she yeah. was some, a German she was nanny, French. was she? She was a nanny oh, in... Vivian Mayer, Vivian Mayer, or Vivian Mayer. Fantastic yeah. book of photographs. Uh, yeah. This will take its uh, Penny Smith's pictures of The Clash. Uh, that's a great book. Uh, and this takes its place with the magnificent pantheon, the history of photojournalistic books. Uh, this takes its proud place in it. I'm going to get a copy, and I'm going to buy a copy for a friend at Christmas. Who? One who doesn't like West Ham by way of getting them to like West Ham. Excellent. So we'll wear um, him down. So we'll talk a little bit about um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, um, the uh, terrorist organisation to which you two belong uh, after we've discussed the two games that because we haven't done this uh, for a little while. Part part of the reason being the international break and part of it we just we couldn't give a fuck. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Jim's also Jim Grant. He's uh, um, he disappointed. Jim's not here. I've got to be. What happened? Part of the reason we didn't do a podcast uh, that that week before the international break was that Jim was involved in a, a game of Scrabble, and uh-huh. uh, the letters K, E, B, and E came out in 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 an order which infuriated Jim. It infuriated him, and because uh, he can flare up, can't yeah, he? he can flare up. I've, no, I've, you know, despite the, 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 the very imminent presence of a, of a triple word score, he took the word kebe and uh, he ate the Scrabble tiles. First of all, he just ate the Scrabble tiles, uh, attacked the people he was playing Scrabble with, and is now in a secure facility just outside Lewis. I, just, uh, I, I, just, I wish him all the best because so when, when he's when he's on a level play, he's he's great. He's, he's so lovely to listen to. But once but, the seductress no. alcohol and crystal meth, once they once they go home with him uh, and begin caressing his soft face with their icy hands, the icy hands of alcohol and crystal meth, Jim. Jim becomes a different Jim. That's all it took was Kebe. It's amazing, just, isn't it? Just did, all it took. It was, it was that moment. Uh, Mark, you remember that moment? Did when, someone say crystal meth? The Jack Collison yes. moment. The Jack Collison <laughs> moment. The Collison moment. Because even he lost it at that point. That's right, yes. Collison. One of the calmest men in football. He lost it. Got sent off for shoving Jimmy Kebe over. In reaction in the subsequent week's podcast, Jim called Jimmy Kebe a very rude word, a very rude word beginning with C and ending with Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, and and since then, his life has gone into a... a, a coconut. A, a, yes. Did he call him a coconut? A, a downward spiral, yes. That, but, he had, yeah. but he had counselling, didn't he? He had counselling. He had counselling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he went through every stage of From uh, Lager I mean, yeah. in that book. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> calm down. 
Uh, yeah, he had, ca- had counselling from, from, from violent offenders. Well, I thought he was well, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I, no, didn't, I, didn't, I wouldn't have raised it if no. I thought he was, you know, if he was... Well, Jim, if you're listening to this, uh, if, they let, wish you if the they let you have control the knobs of a radio rather than taking the knob of a radio and stabbing it into the eye of a, of a, of a prison guard a down at your fan. secure facility, we, we hope you're getting better, Jim, and uh, we, we love you and we'll see you again. Be strong, Jim. Be but, strong. But not, but not on this podcast. Um, yes, so uh, we'll, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll talk about those games in a minute, but first of all, here's a couple of messages. Software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone managed service team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone tech.com to find out how. Welcome back. Well, that was a lot of fun in the first half, not talking about football remotely, but in a way, talking about books of photography books and Jim's uh, mental health <laughs> issues. Uh, but there are two games of football to talk about. Uh, one we're going to have to slightly drag from our memories, fellas, because yeah. it's the Stoke game. It was a one-all, uh, a late equaliser through a catastrophic uh, miscalculation from Adrian and uh, a goal from our only current goal scorer, Antonio, uh, from a corner. Um, and then we'll talk about the Spurs game, which has just happened at the weekend. There's a slightly depressing uh, pair of games overall, but for slightly different reasons. I think the, the Stoke game was depressing, apart from anything else, was that first 45 minutes was... Unbelievably bad. It, it was just so yes, dull. it was, and it was it was another it was another in the sort of um, ever building body of evidence that unless we play progressive attacking football, the Thunderdome is a soulless, soulless yeah, yeah. Uh, meat locker of a of a venue. Uh, also. Very tellingly, as the, as the wind rattled around the kind of upper parts of that stand, you're just going, it's going to be a grim old place walking away from it when you've lost. When yeah. we sort of stepped down onto the concourse in the freezing, cold, yeah, yeah. pale, grey, concrete rim of that place. Yeah, being a man, sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but being a man with a recently shaved head, I feel mm-hmm. that... I feel that chill more than anyone at the moment. Mine is just shaved as well. I have a full, lovely head of hair, which I just choose. I choose to shave yeah. it to, to near non-existence. I just felt at the beginning. Of, I felt at the beginning of that game. I thought the fans were really up for it. Actually, I just thought mm. there was a real kind of sense of come on. If we if we're going to do something, this is the day to do it. Yeah. And it didn't take very long for that to get dull. No, no, absolutely. And then it was, oh, right, okay. Then we are thinking about where we're going to go at half-time or whatever. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it was a, it was an odd deflation that, that happened very quickly. It, yes. You know, it wasn't like we were particularly bad. It was just a very bad game, wasn't it? After we, after we reached our lowest ebb this season with the Southampton game, yeah. which, you know, Noble, in his post-match interview, said this can't get any worse. Uh, it, in fact, did do exactly what it had to do and get better through sort of intense intensity through intensity and really pressing the other team and desire and that's what won us the game at Palace uh, and uh, got us our you know got us our draw against uh, Sunderland um and a, a win against a win, a win yeah, against, a win. A win against like, that's yeah. right yes yes the last minute win against we yes, stole yes, a win yeah. from yes, the, we did. the I know it still feels draw. like a draw but <laughs> yes, it was yeah. a win yes it was a win we'll take yes. a win there but um but suddenly in that game the the intensity from us had sort of gone in that first half and I, I don't know if there was a sort of a fatigue or something but um yes it was uh, i mean obviously the 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 cup win 
that lifted everybody. You know, it, it lifted, really it lifted everyone. Yeah, yeah it was right. a good performance and a good win. And but against uh, the proper side. I yeah. mean, you know, they they were by the end that was pretty much their proper their, their their proper side, the side that everyone was cooing about. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. But, so but we're capable it's the of game doing we it. We were waiting for. We were yeah, waiting sure. For a game that was like that, that was going to exactly, define yeah. the stadium in a way. Wasn't yes. it? Yeah. We got a proper opposition, proper game, competitive game, mm. and punch uh, up at the end. Yes, like the others don't matter. It's like the others don't care. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But but the but. <laughs> but but I but I was saying you know I was saying earlier um, uh, before we switch the microphones on stupidly that uh, I've seen th- I've seen three really unique things in my in my forty in my forty plus years of going to see football uh, this season once was uh, once was a game where we we simply didn't even have the tiniest spell in it which was Southampton. Um, when we uh, when we when we conceded those goals against Watford, I've never seen a team not sort of go shit or bust to try and get the game back because they're so fragile at the back that they could simply go. If we attempt to attack the other team's goal, they will score against us. It was the most incredibly sort of timid um, sort of end to a game I've seen. And in the game against um, uh, uh, Stoke that, that we're currently talking about, in that first forty five minutes. It was this extraordinary thing that I thought we were playing like a team that was being pressed really hard Mm. by the other team. And although Stoke do do that, they weren't really doing it in that game. We were playing like we were being pressed. So we were doing a lot of just passing it sideways, going, oh, we're under so much pressure, all we can do is pass it sideways. But we were actually under not much pressure at all. But we just played as if kind of going, oh, this team's so hard to break down. It's so hard to break them down. And uh, it was very weird. And and it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because, of course, we didn't break them down because... But going back to your, your second point about, you know, Watford, I, I've never seen an exodus quite like that, oh. you know, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. It was almost like some of these new season ticket holders hadn't read the small print, which says that you can't guarantee a decent game. No, no. You definitely can't guarantee West Ham to win. But they were flooding out. like it They were almost offended, yeah. almost yeah. offended yeah. by what was going on. It's an interesting ratio, though. I mean, you look at that exodus, that game is a great example. Um you're probably left with about as many as what would be left at Upton Park during a result like that. Possibly, So, so yeah. you're looking yeah, at the, yeah. the you know, inverted commas new guys just making a sharp exit yeah, to but, catch the But what we had against Stoke was the kind of funereal silence. Uh, and yeah, yeah. very, you know, the, the, the team's giving you very little to cheer about. And... Uh, I don't, you know, they're not asking... We, we've sort of said this many times on the podcast. But the... the you know, Sam Allardyce had this notion that what we wanted was uh, stepovers and flicks and rubinus or whatever they're called. Yeah, we wanted all commitment. The, we wanted commitment. You just want a progressive yeah. game where, where you're trying to arrive. Sometimes you can't arrive. Yeah, sometimes all we want. <laughs> yeah. All we want. Just throw one up towards the stands. Yeah, that's all we want. Um, um, but um, especially in the Thunderdome, it's it's if you if you don't give them anything to cheer about, they won't cheer. Especially because there's a lot of, as you say, Mark, a lot of newbies there. Um, so that happened in the first half. It was better. We were better in the second half, Definitely. but uh, it was like a non-event. It was a the, that forty-five minutes was like an absence of football until Adrian's rush of blood. And then Adrian's rush of blood. Do you know the goal was was fine? It was it was uh, Antonio again, who's sparing our blushes by at least putting the ball in the net. At the moment, you know that's that's something we'll come on to, I guess, after we talk about the Spurs game because mm. it's very it's it's increasingly evident now lack lack of goals from strikers, but also lack of goals from from open play. Antonio's goal in the Stoke game was from a corner, I think. Uh, the game gets Spurs from a corner and then a penalty. So, um, 
yes, uh, Adrian did go a little bit mad, and he was dropped. Dropped. Yeah, and, and I've got to be honest. At the beginning, when I saw the the the, to- the team that was lined up against Tottenham, and I thought, well, well done, Slaven there, because I thought that actually was a decision that had to be made for a period of time. Mm. And if you're going to say to Darren Randolph, we're going to put you on a proper contract because we think you're a definite number two. You're not just going to play in cup games or anything like that. You're not just some filler in. Mm. You are a proper goalkeeper alongside Adrian. I thought it was absolutely right to bring him in. Yeah. And, and it, it's not like Adrian was being blamed for that one moment, although it was a game-turning moment, wasn't That's it? Strange, wasn't it? it uh, and, I mean, and he's not like that normally. Because to to be we're at that end. We're at that end. And when he rushed out, I I sort of went, okay, fair enough. He'd better get this. But then he didn't get it. And then when I sort of, you know, my sort of focus opened up, and you sort of saw that there were kind of defenders behind him on the line. There was cover. It, it was it it was daft. At the time, you know, in real time, I was sort of like, okay, right, okay, well, he'd better get that if he's going to come for mm. it. Because, you, you know, you do get players, you know, Casper Schmeichel rushes off his line all the time. Uh, but he quite often get, he quite often makes it. Yeah, and his dad did as well. Yeah, his dad yeah, did yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yes, it's funny. It's like Which doesn't matter. Yeah. Casper will tell you that. He, he does, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter what his dad did. Yeah, yeah. But would, you, would, would either of you have dropped... Adrian in the way that Slavin did for the for the next. I would game. have, yeah, I would have because I I think Adrian is is partial to those kind of things, but I think they've been masked somewhat by last season's good results. Mm-hmm. He's partial to those kind of things. Well, the clangers he was dropping at the beginning of the season. I think there is a you know a defence works as a unit, and I think the um, uh, you know the. the we should we should maybe not spend too much on this because we talked a sure. lot about there was sort of right yeah. and left backs and uh, and the sale of Tompkins, but I think the the defence was sort of very undermined by some decisions made in our in our um, you know procurement of players and uh, our selling of players, and we shouldn't have sold Tompkins, I don't, in my opinion, and uh, and we didn't get back up left back and right back, and and I think uh, the defence, which was a real kind of you know solid rock of coming back up into the league under under Allardyce and then a lot of our sort of performances under Allardyce and under Bilic was was you know Jenkinson and Cresswell and th- three four when Ogbonna came in very good centre backs was the bedrock of our season and then we completely undermined it uh, by not replacing Jenkinson when we gave him back not buying a backup left back so that when Cresswell got injured we were fucked selling our very good central defender that could also cover it right back. And I think Adrian sort of, you know, sort of lost a bit of confidence. Did bring an Arbelower in, you know, yeah. who, you know, whatever we might think of him, you know, has played at a, you know, extraordinarily high level. Yeah. And Sam Byron, when he started last season, we thought we've got a right back in. Looks all right. We, we've yeah, got yeah. a right back. He came in at the deep end against Man City. He really did come in at the deep end. Do you remember well. Pyatt scooped the ball up to him and yeah. Byron took it on his chest yes, and just yes, yes. wanted it straight back yes, he said yes, yes, I'll yes. do that I'll do yes, that yes. all day God I've forgotten and it was, about yeah, that and it, yeah. was, it, was, it was fantastic Classy. Yeah, and you thought that's it yes, we've, we've got it, right back yeah, sorted yeah. out now you but know, there but, seemed but, to be but, yeah. almost a kind of undermining of Byron by, by going right I'd rather just convert this winger to a right back than play you and then Byron yeah, got injured didn't he uh, so, so sort of Byron Byron was slightly hard done by I thought but he sort of he was bought to be a right back when we gave when when Jenkinson sort of you know couldn't play anymore, and I think we'd bought him before we got rid of Jenkinson. Um, but then you know no faith, you know. I mean, you know the the other mystery is our backup left back who, who has nothing's been seen of him, uh, Hendry. So so you know it's like 
Although he was on the bench for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. And it was like he was in contention. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was well, born yeah. to be yeah. back up left back. It's yeah. like, you know, the, there's no one else. So we had Cresswell and we had Hendry. Yeah. And it seems yeah. that, that Hendry is not a back up left back. And that, that's got to be addressed. So I think, you know, putting Randolph in was fine. Yeah. So, so. on to the Spurs game uh, in which he played. Um, yes, it was, a, I mean, you know, that, that, that rush of blood. That rush of blood was was a shame, but but the first half against Stoke, we should have been two or three up. That's yep. that that's the thing is that we're even you know we're not scoring enough goals. Yeah, we, we were a better team. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we we should have won that game anyway, rather than Adrian's rush of blood necessarily affecting the result. The Spurs game we played very well. I thought we played very well. More like last season, it was mm. reminiscent of last season in many ways. Yeah, we played it in a counter-attacking yeah. way. Yeah, uh, we soaked up what they had to offer. Very well. We looked very organised. Yes. We looked, we looked yeah. very. We didn't look. You know, you know those butterflies. Think, oh, here they come. You know, it was even the offside that Ericsson scored. You know, it yeah. was okay. You know, they were in the right position. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looked comfortable. It was what you you'd know. hope from an away performance at White Hart Lane. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, more so what, given how well we've been playing recently. I thought yeah. it was actually a better performance than I think we're entitled to expect. Uh, Lanzini had a very good game. I mean, it's interesting that with Noble drop because people have been slightly on Lanzini's back um, this season, whereas I think he's been playing very well. I think he's been playing very well. Um, you know, sometimes people, you know, on social media, slightly reverse engineer their opinions, uh, and so because because Lanzini's been substituted quite a lot, people are going, oh, he's too lightweight he's too small he's rubbish which was what they said when he first appeared I mean I remember pretty much his third well in fact wasn't it in fact his first game the Arsenal game he shoulders someone off the ball maybe even Koscielny mm. sort of shoulder no isn't, doesn't he shoulder the guy into the linesman in that game or is it in the Liverpool away game both of which we won um, you know I don't think there's People look at a small player and go, uh, he's got, you know, it's too light, we're knocked off the ball too easily. And uh, Lanzini's really not. He's really not knocked off the ball. In the same way that someone else who, who was not knocked off the ball was Ben Ayoun. Ben Ayoun yes, was right, really yeah. quite good a tenacious shout, little shot yeah, and actually yeah, yeah. quite dirty. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he would, he'd kick someone in the air, you know, and people go, oh, he's so lightweight. Ben Ayoun, he's so lightweight, he's yeah. knocked off the ball all the time. He's played top level for, yeah. for a lot of years for some good club. I think yeah. maybe those people. They're they not just really watch highlights. Watching the game. Yes, they watch the right. highlights and they don't see what those players do overnight. Lanzini's a... But with Lanzini, it's a bonus if he starts nudging people off. Yeah, well, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. not what you've got him there for. No, no, that's The right. idea is he should be popping up all over the place. And I suppose the difficulty is you can only do that so many times yes. in a game. It was interesting that with Noble's uh, um, absence, Lanzini was, was you know, by... Uh, not only kind of West Ham fans, but quite a, it's sort of impartial uh, fans was was practically the man of the match for for, for the game. People were saying he's amazing. Oh, and, that's uh, interesting. Perhaps you know placing him in the same way that the the Joe Cole, um, part of the, you know almost his best era was when he was played in in centre midfield. You yeah. know when he played uh, in the centre of our midfield, uh, he was fantastic. But no one quite had the faith to put him there because it's sort of going, oh he's too small. Like it's got to be a David Batty type, yeah, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Um, well, Joe Cole proved he was tough enough over the years at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Kante is a tiddler. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Kante yeah. is a tiddler as well, but he's he's hard yeah. as nails. And um, you know the uh, Makaleli at Chelsea, same thing. All of them are quite small, uh, and um, there's still this notion that your sort of midfield kind of um, tenacious tackler has to be a giant uh, like the. 
the uh, Chelsea guy, the East, Eastern European guy. A Matic kind yeah, of fellow. Yeah, Matic, exactly, yeah. Matic. Uh, but they don't have to be like that. No, Kante's they don't. Like really that, you know, and, and they can play as well. So where One do we the think most effective players in the league last season was Kante? Yeah, that's right. So Kante's where do we think it went wrong? On it clearly did go wrong on Saturday because we we've just talked about what a great first yeah. half it was, and we you know it's lovely to see Sacco back. Yes, really good to see Sacco yeah. back. I and mean, new haircut, and, and, and he was lovely good, new haircut. Good and, new haircut. And if, if we broadly agreed, it was right to bring Randolph in. I thought the you know the back five or three, depending on which way you want to look at it. I thought they looked really tidy, and Kuyati was you know Winston Reid. I thought yeah. you know fantastic. Reed had a great and, game. and we looked we looked okay, you know. So yeah. so it it started to go wrong when because they weren't really in it in the first half. I would say um, Payet Payet going off because mm. he, quite simply it gives them something to think about and taking him yeah. off. They can just with, with only five minutes to go. Five that was the other exactly, thing. yeah. It, it was quite an Aladician. It was quite an Aladician. It was quite an Aladician move. It's like I know it happens, but personally, if you're if you're two one up or three two up or whatever up with on, on eighty nine minutes on the clock, mm-hmm. you shouldn't lose the game. No, no, absolutely, it shouldn't happen. I, um, I, um, you know, without uh, wishing to hit the alarm button, which I am about to do. <laughs> Uh, I think that that sort of, you know, that little five minute period of play where we went from being 2-1 up to uh, losing the game uh, 3-2. It feels a lot to me like uh, the moment we were 2-1 up against Arsenal in, uh, it must have still been 2002 at that time, but it's the 2002-3 season when we had a penalty to go 3-1 up. And And I think, I think... Uh, Freddie Canute the, the ball just dribbling along the ground and whoever it was in gold David Seaman I presume just picking it up and going well thanks thanks mate yeah um, that's a, and we were blowing them away we were blowing them away absolutely. yeah and it's not just the loss of two points though actually it is because yeah, yeah. we were winning that game and, and we ended up drawing that game and those two points would have would have um, yeah. got us such because we went down with 42 points as it is the highest points total a team has ever been relegated out of the Premier League we went down with it so but it's not just the two points. It's kind of what it stands for, isn't it? And I th- and what it leads to. Yes, yeah. I think we just... If we'd won that game, I think we would have gone on to have a really good season. But something about, you know, losing that game and losing those points. And I really, you know, felt after Saturday that y- you could really see... Like this is a turning point. The potential for heads yeah. to really yeah. go down yeah. in the dressing room. Last and- season, um, Norwich, I think they lost 5-4 at home to Liverpool in the 90... 90- X minute mm, whatever mm. it was they were 4-3 up with nothing to go Liverpool yeah. snatched a win from nothing and as they like when that came it. in yeah they came in at 5-4 or, you know and uh, I thought that day I think I said to a friend Norwich are down they won't mm. come back from that and you're not saying I, I don't want to I don't want to I'm not saying that I'm not saying that after West Ham on Saturday but it's the kind well, of result we're that floating can, it we are floating <laughs> it I'm, I'm just that's I'm, the yeah, conversation exactly, we're having yeah, it? it's, it's the kind of result that can have a massive effect on on your mindset for the rest of the season, especially yeah. with the run of games we've got coming up. Uh, you know, yeah. a two-one winner away at Spurs, who haven't lost uh, that stage, can uh, just kick you takes off. Takes the pressure off for the other but games. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't expect to get much the, out of the other the games. Right. Yes. It's the way you exactly. lose. It's the way you lose. You know, and and it really can set you back. And 
And I, yeah, and it just it reminded me of Norwich last season. Not that I have any affiliation with Norwich. I no. couldn't care less. No, about but you've him. mentioned him quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I yeah just checking. I you know, just, yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just that manner in which the Norwich podcast coming in afterwards. Wait a minute, is isn't that, right? that a Norwich top yeah. you're wearing? <laughs> I, thought, a, I, thought, yeah. I thought this was done up high enough. I'll do my top button. Like Jeremy Goss <laughs> tattoo you've but got on there. You, it's the, you shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, with a minute left, you shouldn't lose. Wait a minute, you're cooking a meal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you love Delia. My, <laughs> let's be having you. You've got my mother Delia is a sterling woman, and she's done a lot f- for this economy. She's, yeah. she's a great woman. Uh, no, it, it's one of those games. Where, Wait a minute, it might be a bit early. This for book, that, no uh, place like home, is actually full of recipes. Don't peel it. Don't peel, are, peel the cover. <laughs> don't peel the cover. It's actually a, a Coleman's mustard. What you can use Coleman's mustard in is. is <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. A, a present that you peel, peeling the present is part of what the present is. <laughs> yeah, just when you thought you were walking through yeah. West Ham's history, no, it's actually, what can you use mustard in? <laughs> it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all recipes from West Ham fans. Um, yes, well, uh, issues arising from that that pair of games is the fact that uh, uh, the the now oft repeated statistic from the media is that we none of our strikers score goals. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't you know I don't know if there's a sort of an argument for trying to switch to a, a formula that at least includes two sort of strikers in the team. The problem is we don't really have strikers in the team. Ayu is not actually a striker. No, he's he's a kind of where is he playing at the moment? Where I, you know that's an odd thing about Ayu. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> it's, it's exactly where, where is he playing? To be. Yeah, yeah. But in fact, when the game kicked off and, and, and I, somebody walked into the room and said, "You know, is, is Ayu playing?" I said, mm. and, and originally because I hadn't seen the team before it had been no. announced, I said, "No, I think Saku's." Sacco's playing up front because I'd obviously him, seen yes, him there. That's right. And then it was only when I popped up. So I don't yeah. know quite where... We spent 20 million quid on a striker, haven't yeah, we? I mean, yeah, yeah. an old-fashioned idea, but I would have liked him to play as a striker. Yes, but, you know, right. what do I know about football? Yeah. I don't see him Clearly as a traditional... Nothing. It's not really a striker. Like, I don't think he, he is. He's not a striker. No, no, but where, where, ideally, what, would he play with Carroll, do you think? Or would that be his... Ideally, I'd, I'd guess, yes, if he was fit, there would be the... The, you know the traditional yeah. the one he two. knocks it down and yeah. I, but that's yeah. the yeah. Um, that's the issue with that one up front isn't it yeah. I mean I think that there's you know plenty of plenty of sides are you know finding ways to include two men who kick a ball into a goal even if they don't call it 4-4-2 yeah, yeah. you know they're they're finding a way to get two of those guys on the pitch you know yeah. Leicester do it all the time with Vardy and either Okazaki or Joa or that yeah. new guy they've got you know there's two of them out there and if you're kind of going oh yeah yeah but Vardy's actually he's the one up his front you know uh, but you can't you, say 4-4-2 you're not you allowed to say, say yeah, yeah can't say it anymore um, but you know clearly if we're not scoring goals there might be a way in which that sort of front person might might need a bit of help mm. because mm. if if you're you know Sacco Sacco when he was played up front under Slaven's system um, we played very well we scored a lot of goals but Sacco didn't score a huge amount of them no. uh, but Sacco did a lot of tireless created running created loads though, yes, didn't he? Created just by, yeah, yeah. by, 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 by the nuisance yes. and but at the moment, we are finding goals really hard to come by. So, so whilst we're waiting for Sacco to return to match fitness, I, I sort of wonder if there's just another sort of system that... Yeah. that, that well, I suppose can... there's January coming up and also in a couple of years' time, Andy Carroll. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way we've got to it. You know, when we're looking to, when we're looking to bounce, when we're looking to bounce back <laughs> into the Premier League, he'll be like a new signing. That's what yeah. managers say, yeah, isn't it? Right, yeah. Somebody comes back from yeah. injury. We've yeah. got Andy yeah. to you know burst us forward. He's thirty-seven now. Yeah, but that's right. But but he's like a new but signing. He knows where the but he's, is. But he's he West Ham through and through. He's yeah. West Ham through and through. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's hard, and um, I think you know, I still 
it's difficult because you know there's got to be there's got to be a sort of a grace period with Sacco where where we we hope he kind of works his way back into fitness and back into you know he had two big surgeries on 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 his legs and he has he's got this kind of recurring back problem which uh, which I think makes things very difficult for him. So, so seeing him at his best might take a little while, and, uh, and then the, I think the January transfer window is going to come up, and yeah. you know I think we should give some of these other guys back, but really pursue um, a um, another striker. I also think that um, you know playing him at wing back is still not quite playing to Antonio's strengths because he is a little. Flimsy defensively. The the um, the goals came down. That, the, the goals, goals came, came down, down that, that side. side. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. The goals yeah. came down. As his much side. as I hate to criticise him yeah. because he does so much for us, but they did come down that side. I agree. So yeah. loads it, of it does seem harsh yeah. because he, he's all about the effort. But I, I, I would, help, I would have but, been, yeah. I would have been, uh, you know, you know, at least from from now or a few weeks ago, thinking about this transfer window and getting a super duper right back who can play at a wing back as well. A sort of Cole Jenkinson type. Jenkinson as a wing back would be fantastic. He's so quick and puts in such a good cross. Is he, is he okay now, Jenkinson? Is he, he played for us not the weekend. Oh, right, fine, sorry. We played for the What could we have bought him for when we had the chance to buy him? 12, was it? 12, 12 million yeah, pounds. No, I may have got that wrong. I may have got that wrong. But, okay, but say, for argument's sake, 12 million pounds for a young yeah. English right back. Um, you know, or a cheeky bid for Trippier, who only plays kind of cameos for Spurs. I mean, I think they should, I think they've still got to really address this problem. Also, you know, because he bought Arbeloa, um, but that was when he was playing four four two. It feels like Slaven now really likes this three central defenders thing because it it sort of dug him out of a hole when our defence was falling to bits. Yeah. And I, you know, I've said before on this podcast, I sort of slightly think that the the notion of kind of just putting more defenders in uh, is is not is not. Um, sorry, we're having an earthquake. Um, <laughs> having an earthquake. Uh, I read about that on the news. Yeah, it's right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait for it to come. Didn't know they were coming to East London. Um, is is just playing more defenders always seems like a slightly kind of like a child managing a football team. Allardyce yeah. quite often went to three at the back. If you can't win, don't lose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but it also doesn't work. I don't think it works, you know, because, you know, just more people doesn't really, you know, mean better. And uh, Exactly, yeah. Go, going back to Arbeloa specifically, I, the, the concerns would be, I mean, the guy played, paid for his own flight to come yeah. to London to Sawyer, and that would, you could look at it two ways. He's keen to play. Yeah. Or... He's desperate yeah, yeah. To, for a club. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I would err on the, the negative side of that and yeah. wonder why he was so desperate to come and, and secure that kind of deal. And yeah. It, it's something that could have and should have been sorted out earlier. I mean, like Byron was bought in nearly a year ago now. And yeah. At, he's at the point maybe where he should be Yeah, the well, first choice option. You know, that's he's, right. He's, I mean, he's I think... had nearly a year to be, well, you know, he's had a half a year to be... That's the thing. That With the two defenders, uh, the, the, the two full-backs, uh, Stephen Hendry and, and uh, Byram, and in a way are below her, um, I think, you know, we're not, we're not a super rich club that can afford massive squads of hugely talented players. Uh, we're, but, but we are in a 60,000-seater stadium. We have to yeah. sort of, we can't sort of, we don't have the luxury to buy players that we then go, oh, actually, I don't think I like him very much. No. Sort of, so the Stephen Hendry guy, you just go, well, that's just a complete waste of money. And yeah. this bizarre notion of, I'd rather play our leading goal scorer at right back or wing back. Um, 
And I won't play Arby Lower. I won't buy another dedicated right back. It's, it's, it's troubling. Um, we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, closing thoughts, fellas. Closing thoughts. Oh, and uh, predictions for <laughs> Manchester United away on s- Sunday. While you're, while, while, while you're coming up with closing <laughs> thoughts, I, I'll have my prediction for Manchester United. I, I'm going to say Manchester United 1, West Ham United 3. Excellent. Mm. I th- we're going to win one of them. I, I just think we're going to win yeah. one of those games. One of Arsenal, yeah. yeah. And we could get stuffed in the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect we're winning the cup. And unfortunately, we're probably losing the league. Mm. Sorry. Would you I, like to give us a score line? Yes, I would. Uh, yes, I really would like to do mm-hmm. that, Phil, actually. Uh, I think 3-1 in the league, but I think we'll go 2-1 in the cup. Right. I'm going to say uh, we'll nick a draw in the in the league, actually. Ooh, because nice. I'm, I'm a positive guy. Yep. No offence, Mark. Uh, I think we'll nick a win in the cup because I'm going. And I, Ooh, I don't yeah. want to... After last year's FA Cup game, I don't want to leave. Going up to a midweek half, fixture. I know, what an idiot. I'd have liked to have gone to that, but it's yeah. sort of like midweek. It writes off two days. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Um, but yeah, I, I think we could come away... I mean, reads out, but we could come away with a draw in the league game and the cup game. I don't think Mourinho's head's going to be in that, really. No. I think he's looking at a top four. For, he's got to look at a yeah, top yeah. four. Also, what's typical West Ham these days? We don't know what typical West Ham no, is. You, no, you, no. Last season it was, we'll lose to poor sides yeah. and do really well against good sides. Yeah, well, yeah. it's all up for grabs, isn't it, this all year? Because, yeah. 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 Well, that's it. It's all up for grabs. That's that's what we've come away from this podcast with. That's our, uh, that's our closing thought that I'd like uh, I'd like you to take away from this podcast. Uh, my name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Mark Sandell. Thank you. And uh, Joe Fordham. Thank you. And uh, www.noplacelikehome, run those words together, 112.co.uk. Noplacelikehome, 112.co.uk will get you uh, to the book that you must own and make part of your life. My name's Phil Whelan. See you around. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.